season's going to end on a double doink. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broadway. And your hosts, Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. Hello, football faithful, and welcome back to another episode of the Double Doink Podcast. My name is Brendan Deeg. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. If you can also rate the podcast and review the podcast wherever you do listen to your podcast would also be greatly appreciated. Today's episode is sponsored by CoolBet. CoolBet is the most transparent gaming company in the world. CoolBet also provides the best odds in Canada with world-class customer service. For first-time users, use deposit code DOINK, D-O-I-N-K, DOINK, for a 100% welcome bonus up to $200 when signing up with CoolBet. That's code DOINK, D-O-I-N-K, and CoolBet will match your first deposit up to $200. Give our friends at Coolback Canada a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Coolback Canada. Coolback, stay cool and bet responsibly. Week 10 is in the books. We are officially halfway or just over halfway through the NFL season. My co host, my good looking co host, Mr. Eric Warnsey, is with us. Warnsey, did you enjoy a Bears free Sunday? I did. I did. I generally always do enjoy off weeks for the bears to be honest stress-free just get to sit back watch all the other games and uh take it all in you were with the in-laws you had some beverages i, I heard yeah the red wine was flowing <laughs> uh, to say the least i love it i love it okay um so this week was okay uh i think there was a lot of maybe more big picture things to take away from some important teams which we'll get into it because like we're getting into the we're getting to crunch time here we're getting into you got to start looking at playoff seedings you got to start looking at what teams are going to do next year, teams that are kind of falling off. What are they going to do? And I think this week kind of started that train going. And I think the first game we got to start with, I think it was the best performance of day by a team, was the New England Patriots absolutely whooping the Cleveland Browns in a game that I completely got wrong. I was on the Browns this week. I uh, did not get that game right. Actually, you know what? I got to start here once. I got to do some, I got to do some housekeeping. Okay, my anytime touchdown bets this week, what the hell? David Njoku drops a pass in the end zone. Tez Watkins drops a pass in the end zone. Khalif Raymond gets underthrown by Jared Goff by 10 yards. That was a walk-in touchdown. And Deshaun Jackson just forgets where the end zone is. I was cursed this week. Hey, everybody has those weeks. It's no, this was, this was different. This was different. This was a curse. It's better to just forget about it and move on to uh, your card tonight for the Monday nighter, but... That's just tough luck. That Najoku one, I couldn't like that. That set the tone early, right? Like you knew at one oh five, your day was going to be a long one. Tez Watkins, like just draw, like it couldn't have been a perfect, more perfect pass. I predicted on Saturday that Kez Watkins would burn Ronald Darby for a touchdown. He burns Ronald Darby for burns Ronald Darby just doesn't catch the touchdown, and then Goff just one of the worst quarterbacks ever. We'll get into it later, but yeah, I just had to get that out of the way early. You went three and one. It looks like though, right? You had a good week. Yep, three and one and one push. Got lucky there that uh, the Saints missed a couple extra points to make that under a push. But yeah, on uh, on to next week already. Okay, so Patriots versus Browns. Um, Patriots went forty-five to seven at home against Cleveland. Um, 
I guess I'll start. I guess my biggest takeaway from this, I guess on the New England side, my biggest takeaway from this game is maybe we all, well, not all, but maybe I was like really wrong on Mac Jones. He looked very, very good. He has looked very, very good over the last little bit. Um, th- this team is a threat. This team is a legit threat in the, in the AFC right now. They're six and four, four winners of four in a row. Like, this, this, the way they are playing right now is very dangerous, and that you can't not have them in the top three in the AFC right now. Yeah, I made a huge mistake when we did our episode. Uh, I didn't have them in the top five. Boy, was that clearly wrong. I, I think you can make an argument they're the best team in the AFC right now. The yeah, way they're playing. I really wanted to see what they could do versus a team that can stop the run. And Cleveland identifies as that. And they just ran the ball right through them uh, <laughs> yeah. without without Damian Harris either. I thought that that injury was going to be hard for them to overcome. Um, but it didn't matter. They ran the ball so well. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson rushed for 100 yards, five yards a carry. Like it was, it was really, really impressive uh, what this offense did to, I think, a good Cleveland Browns defense. They used Kendrick Bourne a lot, very well on like wide receiver reverses. Like they ran a couple of receiver reverses. Like they just shut down that Browns D line. Like that Browns D line just had no nothing from beginning to end. Jadavion Clowney was was just invisible. I think I think Miles um, Garrett did get one sack, if I'm not mistaken. He had one kind of big hit on Mac Jones. But besides that, again, invisible. Like they they completely decentral or decentralized that D line. That D line was able to do nothing all game. Like. Being able, like Mac Jones throwing three touchdowns for hundreds years and running it for two touchdowns, like Brian Hoare even a touchdown. Like this was an offensive beatdown. Oh, it was it was clinical and it, it didn't start well, right? The Browns went up the field on their first drive. I believe it was an eighty-yard drive to start the game. They only had about hundred and twenty yards of offense the rest of the game. After that, yeah, like, they got outscored forty-five to nothing after that touchdown. It was embarrassing. The total yards ended up being 452 to 217. They doubled them in yards. Like, this was as big of a butt whooping as we've seen this season. A question for you. I know this might put you on the spot, but if you were to redo the 2021 NFL draft, where does Mac Jones go? Oh, that's tough. Like, he went I, 15th. Like, it, and I, I yeah. think there is, there's some, I think there, you have to put this into a little bit of context because he, again, he went 15th. So he went to a better system. He went to New England, right? Like, he got Piano Josh McDaniels. The team's better. But, like, how much is of this is Mac Jones? Like, he's got to get some love here, right? Like, he's playing awesome. Yeah. No, he, he fits this scheme extremely well as well, which helps him a lot. But no, he, He's playing awesome, and Bill's doing a good job of setting him up to succeed. I I still have my questions about him. If say, hey, the Patriots go down fourteen points early, can he come from behind? I don't think we've seen that yet. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's a young quarterback. That's going to be tough for any young quarterback to do. But I'd like to see if he can lead a comeback. But the way the Patriots are playing, he hasn't had to. They're just dummying teams <laughs> yeah like they so they've won now four in a row right like so they, they were they started two and four now they're six and four over that four game win streak the, the patriots defense is second in epa per play they're second in success rate allowed so like they're just not letting teams over the line of scrimmage like they are dominating like again you brought bill belichick like he has to he has a huge say in this he's this defense is playing unbelievable 
And another thing too, we shredded his moves this offseason. Like we we did not like what he did. He, he's opened the checkbook to a bunch of of guys. Now, like I, now they don't look like guys, but they at at that time they didn't look like very good contracts. Matthew Judon is playing out of his mind. Hunter Henry has a touchdown in five or six games. It continues to sit on my fantasy bench. I need to wake up and put him on uh, in the starting lineup. Um, he and uh, Kendrick Bourne's look really good. Like the, the money that Bill has ditched out in the offseason is paying off right now. Yeah, you're right. We both dis, uh, disliked a lot of those contracts, but for now it's paying off. Uh, Matt Judon has been a home run. Awesome. Signing. He's been awesome. He's really, really uh, set the edge well for that defense, and he's been a difference maker. They didn't have that last year. They didn't have a really solid edge rusher to rely on, and he's been everything they hoped for and more. Yeah, two and a half sacks, four TFLs in his last three games. He's been outstanding. Yeah, this uh, it's it's been it's been quite a quite a ride. If you're a Patriots fan, you're kind of back to uh, back to your old self. You feel like you got your swagger back after kind of last year's disappointment. Okay, other side of things, Cleveland Browns, Warnsy. Woof. This was ugly, ugly, ugly. Baker Mayfield, I think, only had like, what, 70 yards of passing, something crazy like that. Um, Case Keenum ended up coming in, I believe, in the third quarter to replace Baker Mayfield due to injury. Baker left. Um, what was he hurt with? Do you know exactly? Um, they did knee injury. So he's day-to-day, so it doesn't seem like it's serious. A knee contusion is what he was uh, th- this, uh, diagnosed with. This this game may might like glorified some of the worries that we've talked about on this podcast about how I don't know if Baker Mayfield's going to be the guy long term. This Browns offense looks stagnant when you got to throw the ball. Um, Odell leaving clearly hasn't helped that at all. I know a lot of people thought that when Odell left the offense, it'd be better. It's clearly not the case. They are just bad passing offense in general. This this game glorified that like a forty five seven ass kicking to a team that you need to compete with if you want to make the playoffs um this it doesn't if i'm a browns fan i'm, I'm very very worried oh uh, you have to be worried this was a opportunity for a statement game you're just coming off a big win against the Bengals. i think it's all on baker mayfield to be honest like yeah he he's not playing well and i mean they were missing chubb and hunt which are two massive pieces of their offense Getting those guys back will be fine. Well, Dearness Johnson did go go for almost 100 yards, five yards. He, he was okay. He was fine. He but it, it just felt like by the time like this offense even had like – it was, what, 21-7 pretty quickly, right, about halfway through the second. So that – like you were kind of banking on Baker to step up, and it just wasn't there. Yeah, no, if they get behind, they have a really tough time coming back. Their offense is built through the run, mm-hmm. and when that gets taken out of the game script uh, – Baker really, really struggles. In obvious passing situations, Baker has not been able to get the job done. And removing Odell Beckham will not make that easier for him, but I still think it was the right move. I still think it just in terms of Baker's mental side of things, I think he was feeling too much pressure around Odell. He was pressured oh, yeah. in the ball. So I think I still think getting rid of Odell in the long term was the right thing. But mm-hmm. Baker's got to get better at um, better in obvious passing situations. Yeah, like I'm not saying it was a mistake to get rid of Odell. It's not where I was trying to come from. I was trying to come from the side of like him leaving. It was probably a good thing in the long run. Like there just wasn't anything there, no chemistry. Dad going crazy on social media. It was time to go. But 
like that wasn't going to fix anything. Like they're still in trouble. This offense is still a problem. And like we've talked about this on end. It's they're going to the paychecks, the, the checkbooks got to start opening up in Cleveland. Like it's time to pay this guy. And I don't think they're, unless a lot changes here, unless the Browns have some miraculous comeback and Baker Mayfield lights it up over the next little bit, I don't think there's any chance that he's back in a Cleveland Browns uniform next year. I'm looking at their schedule here. They've got the Lions coming up. Okay, so that one is okay. I'm sure you, you like, they should get a win there. Then you got Ravens back-to-back with a buy-in between the Raiders, the Packers, the Steelers, and the Bengals. There is a very good chance that this team falls apart. Wow, that's a gauntlet right there. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess well, let's evaluate this at the end of the season. I think Baker's basically going to decide his fate with those games right there. Yeah, like that back-to-back Ravens, you got to buy in between there. But still, like, if you if you go 0-2 in those games, it's over. Like, the season's over. So, uh, this is – it's going to be really, really interesting to see how the, the Browns – I've got my own. I'm definitely intrigued by how this finishes. Okay, let's go to probably the – it was supposed to be a good game. I was really looking forward to watching this game on my second TV as I had the Eagles on. Packers defeat the Seahawks 17-zip. And I'd say, yeah, again, the most disappointing game of the year. Um, I, I, I don't really know what to take away from the Packers side of things here. Not a lot. Like, Aaron, I guess injuries. Like Aaron Jones went out. He's got an, uh, an MCL sprain. It seems like he's going to be okay. Um, who else went out? There was Rashawn a couple Gary. other. Rashawn Gary. He looks like he's going to be okay with an elbow injury. But, like, the – this game is the Seahawks. Like you got to look at it from their angle if you're going to take a takeaway from this one. Um, they're in trouble. This this offense is bad, and it looked bad. I don't know if it was all Russell Wilson's finger issue, but this was a very very bad offensive performance. Not even a single point. Yeah, first time in Russ's career, he's been shut out. Um, he looked hurt. His ball yeah. didn't have zip on it. The weather didn't help, but his ball just it. It didn't have as much life, if you know what I mean. It was it was felt like it just kept getting caught up in the air. Uh Packers secondary played extremely well, I thought. Yeah, they're awesome lately, man. <laughs> what the hell's going on there? What are they feeding their defensive back? Like Razzle Douglas is like a pro bowler right now. Yeah, and it's been a few weeks now, and they it hasn't been like a schedule or um a light schedule or anything. Like they've gone, they did that to Russ. They faced Mahomes the week before. They faced Kyler Murray the week before. Like, they're playing the league's best quarterbacks and shutting them down pretty well. So this Packers defense is something to watch going forward because if they're playing at this level, they're clearly a Super Bowl threat. Yeah, so Field Yates had a good tweet. I I posted it in our group chat today. Um, Opposing quarterbacks from targeting wide receivers against the Packers. They have a 56% completion percentage, which is dead last in the NFL. 6.7 6.7 yards per attempt, which is second last in the NFL. And 10 interceptions. The Packers are tied for second most takeaways um, through the air. And their Pro Bowl quarterback, Jerry Alexander, hasn't played since week four. Like This this is a hell of a coaching job by Joe Barry. He's having to see play really well. Um, heard a really interesting stat on a podcast today. I don't know if it's anything to do with it. I'm curious to kind of see what you have to think of this. Um, the, the Seahawks or the Packers – Played 97% of their defensive snaps in light boxes this against the Seahawks. And the Seahawks had no no way to counteract it. They had, I think the other stat was the Packers' safeties 
We're playing it 16 yards deep at, at, on average, which is very deep. So basically, they use like the Kansas, the formula against the Chiefs and Bills that a lot of teams are using. Threw it against the Seahawks, and Seahawks had no answer for it. They could not run the ball. They couldn't do anything. Yeah, it was a great game plan. I didn't know that uh, they played that many snaps, 97%. Wow. No adjustment from Seattle? Like, why didn't yeah, they like, run in the ball? Exactly. That's, that's what, what what's going on there. Like, what, what, yeah. what are we doing? That's pretty concerning. Um, didn't end up watching much of the second half. This game was a snoozer, but it was yeah, it, like that's just on Seattle's coaching staff. Then, if they didn't adjust, if you're getting ninety-seven percent of the looks with a light box, I don't care what the score is. You have to run the ball at some yes. point. And it was close the entire game. Like there was no need to continue trying throwing. They just couldn't. They didn't attack that middle of the field at all. It was constant deep passes down the sidelines. Constant. Try to get deep, try to get deep, try to get deep to like Tyler Lockett to DK Metcalf. It just wasn't there. Nothing was there. So, yeah, I'm seeing here they only had 11 carries to their running backs. I know Chris Carson was hurt, but that's not enough, especially when you're playing in Lambo with some weather. There, it was pretty windy yesterday. Why is Russell Wilson throwing the ball 40 times? Like, yeah, yeah, no, it was a bad game plan. Um, they're off like. The changes that they've made to this team recently haven't worked. They're sitting at three and six now. Uh, Russell Wilson again, like you said, we, we said as a banged up injury or banged up finger that we don't know like how much better it's going to get throughout the week. They got the Cardinals coming up here. I'm assuming Kyler Murray's back this week. Um, to I don't know about DeAndre well, Hopkins, but like this is uh, this is a huge game. I wouldn't guarantee that uh, Murray's back because they have a bye the next week. I, okay. I wonder if the smart thing for Arizona would do to just give him and Hopkins another, basically a two-week break here if they sit this week. So monitor that. But yeah, three and six for the Seahawks. I it's a long, long. They're looking uphill. I don't know if they can climb out of this hole. If you were to put a percentage chance on Russell Wilson being in a Seattle Seahawks uniform for week one of 2022, what would the percentage be? I still think it's got to be a really high percentage. Like, I'd go like 85, 90%. Like, okay. He's he just seems like a loyal guy. I, that stuff off season, I think that was more just getting attention of management. Like, hey, let's. Let's wake up here. Like I don't, I don't think it's like a Aaron Rodgers thing where he's really disgruntled by management to the point that he wants out. I think it was more of just a, hey, let's smarten up here. We gotta, we gotta change some things. I don't, I don't think he's gonna force his way out of town. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, I think it's probably in that 85 percent chance. I was looking at their cap situation because I was trying to figure out what do they do next year. They're they still have a they have a good chunk of cap space left over. They do have to pay DK Metcalf, so he's got to get some money. Um, Jamal Adams is locked up long term. Uh, Tyler Lockett's locked up long term. They have some offensive line issues that they could probably use. Um, they don't have a lot of draft picks. Like the Jets have their first round draft pick, which is a problem this year as well. And that Jamal Adams trade, the trade looks awful. But yeah, unfortunately, think, Bobby Wagner's also starting to show a little bit of yeah, his age. He, he's going to get cut this year. He's got like a massive cap hit. Unless they restructure him, he's probably not on the roster next year. Um, I like, I think he's, he's due like $26 million and it's, a, and they can cut him. They save about 20 million of that. So my best guess is that they're not going into next year with that contract. So he's either cut or restructured, but I, I, I might be thinking out loud here, but I think the best course of action for this team is to move on from Pete Carroll. 
Like this defense is bad. It hasn't played very well all year. This this team just seems that this team just has like they look like dead. Like I don't know how to explain it. Like they look boring. They look just nothing left internally in that team. And it's been like that the last couple of years. I don't know. Something seems off. I feel like this would be a if if they continue to fall. Like it may not might not be the worst thing to kind of maybe just hit um, again. I use this term. I hit that big old red button and blow it up. I don't know if Russell Wilson's around for that, but. Yeah, like, this it's version hard. of Seattle is not going anywhere. A button's always harder to press when you don't have a first round pick. But mm. I agree with the Pete Carroll thing. It might, maybe it's just run its course. You know, it, it, yeah, it feels like ever since he didn't hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch, there's always just been something's been off with this team. They've never really recovered from that. I agree. Like that since that day, that play. It changed everything. It changed the course of this team. Who knows what? Did they score a touchdown? Like, who knows what, what? If they hand out to Lynch, who knows what's happened with this team? Right? It's 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 crazy. One play yeah. can kind of change everything. All right, why don't you tell us about Manscaped, and then we'll dive into Eagles Broncos. All righty. This podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. This holiday season, I'm giving thanks to our friends at Manscaped. Do I tell my extended extended family that I have the Performance Package 4.0 from the global leaders in below the waist grooming? Not to mention, it includes their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer to tame my bush and score brownie points with the in-laws. Gift yourself Manscaped or the man in your life who needs it. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with 20% off plus free shipping with code DOINK by going to manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence with the Performance Package 4.0. Inside, you'll find the holy grail of men's grooming items. They've made it easy for you to upgrade your grooming routine. Their finely tuned pube products feature a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is easily the greatest ball trimmer on the planet. And did I mention this thing is waterproof too? This trimmer is a shower essential. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DOINK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code DOINK. Take your ball defense to the promised land with Manscaped. Love it, baby. Okay. Um, we usually don't talk a lot of Eagles on the show because I have my own Eagles podcast, which um, will be coming out tomorrow, so make sure to tune into that. But I think I think it's time we have a little bit of a Philadelphia Eagles conversation, Warnsy. This team, man, they're looking pretty freaking good over the last little bit. They just beat the Denver Broncos 30-13 to on the road. They rush for over 200 yards, just 214 yards to be exact. A stomp, just ran it down their throat. Jalen Hurts looked pretty good. Um, he looked really good in the first half of this game. Uh, they were two and they were two and five after that Las Vegas Raiders beatdown. And since then, now they're four and six. Winners two of their last three, almost beat the Chargers week before that. So it's, they realistically could be three and zero. What do you think? What I'm really curious is. Think or to hear what you have to think about this team over the last couple weeks because I'm pretty excited and I know uh, you kind of toned me down a bit. So tell me what you feel. Tell me what you think. Yesterday's game was very encouraging. It was an impressive win. They Teddy Bridgewater made a little business decision there, but other than that, they dominated the game. It was it was an impressive. It was game. very bad by Bridgewater. Eh? Like, I can't if believe I, he did I, that. Like, I'm even looking at him in the locker room right now. I'd be so pissed off. Like, that was a seven-point game at the time. Like, if yeah. he makes that tackle, defense gets a stop. It's still a game. Like, he was basically gave up. But anyways, that's beside the point. The Philadelphia Eagles are definitely playing better football. But I still 
I you're looking at the short term. Like it, you just I look at Jalen Hurts as a full season long thing here. It's now been a ten game sample size for this season, and I want to say he's played above average in four of those ten games. Like I still. I just think long-term, I still don't think Jalen Hurts is the answer. Like, I think he's a backup quarterback in this league, which is what he was drafted to be. He wasn't, okay. I He wasn't drafted to be backup. He was one second-round pick. Second-round picks aren't drafted to be backups. Second-round picks are drafted to start at some point in the NFL. If you use a, back, a, court, a, a draft pick on a sec, in the second round on a backup quarterback, you're an idiot. You're, 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 your whole process is flawed. I always said the reason they drafted Jalen Hurts is because they like the talent. They missed out on Russell Wilson. They don't want that to happen again. Howie Roseman is obsessed with Russell Wilson. He's obsessed with the quarterback position. That's why they use him. I, I don't buy the whole backup crap. That doesn't make any sense. You don't draft quarterbacks in the top 60 picks to be a backup. That's just a terrible use of resources. Now, well, I thought Howie Roseman said that. He said yeah, that he, because Wentz, Wentz was always getting hurt before the playoffs, so they drafted a backup for That's just ridiculous. Work. It's ridiculous. That, that doesn't make any sense. He's an idiot if, he, if that's what the process is. I don't buy that at all. Like He bought it because he likes the talent. You don't take a quarterback from the top to see again if you don't like their talent to be a starter. That's besides the point. Okay, you're, you're, you're saying that you – so over the this year, like you are fully out on Hurts as a starter. There's nothing that can convince you. Like I – I think he's DVOA has him, I believe, as the 21st quarterback in the league. Like, that's what I think he is. I think he's a bottom 10 quarterback in the league, and I don't see him being a top 10. Okay. So, through the first, let, let's, I'm, again, I use that Russell Wilson comparison, right? Um, just just now. I, I like to compare him to Russell because I think they're, they have similar playing styles. They're similar just in kind of the way that the area they were drafted in, like late. Um, I think Russell Wilson was actually a third round pick, but Hurts was a late second. So, I kind of like, their, their comparison style. So Jalen Hurts is only 23 years old, Warner. You know that, right? Like he is seven months older than, than Justin Fields. That's it. Mm-hmm. So he's not, it's not like he's in his he's in his late 20s or anything. He's a kid. He's still a kid. He has 14 career starts. That's it. Russell Wilson, through his first 16 starts, was 252 of 393 for 64% completion percentage, 3,118 yards, 26 touchdowns, 10 picks. He had 94 carries for 489 rush yards. It's pretty good. It's not bad. Did that that team in 2012 was carried by the defense, right? We all remember those teams. Um, he wasn't asked to do a lot. Like Russell Wilson wasn't asked to do much, but that's a pretty good 16 game sample size. Jalen Hurts through his first 14 games. That's all he's played. He only has 14 starts. That's it. I, I want to remind everyone that he's still a kid. 261 of 444 for 59% completion percentage. Now that that's not very good. But over the last three weeks, he's completing over 67% of his passage. On this year, he's completed 62% of his passes. So a lot of that completion percentage was last year. He wasn't very good in his first four starts. He has 3,220 yards, 19 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Now that's seven touchdowns worse than what Russell Wilson threw for and one pick worse. But those that's pretty that's not bad for 14 starts. And I'll add this on. He has 160 carries for 901 rushing yards. He almost has had 1,000 rushing yards through a 16-game span. Like, he's providing a ton of offense for this team. Look, I am not 100% sold on Jalen Hurts. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I am trying to say is over the last three weeks, Jalen Hurts has completely put himself back in the conversation to be a potential franchise quarterback. And you're, And I think you'd be crazy not to see that. 
he over the last three weeks, Jalen Hurts is first in EPA per play. He's first in EPA plus completion percentage above expectation. He is first in success rate, second in air yards per pass. First is actually Justin Fields, by the way, Warnsy. So there you go. Some progress there. And he's ninth in completion percentage ahead of guys like Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford. Like that, like he in the last three weeks, he has been a top five quarterback in the NFL at any stat you look at. I don't think you should look at Hertz's like full numbers and look too much into them. There was a four or five week stretch earlier in this season where he was actually a garbage time king. Him and Sirianni's numbers are really inflated, in my opinion, offensively. Yeah, but that over the last games. three weeks, over the last three weeks, not like that's not like I'm talking the last three weeks against the Denver Broncos, the LA Chargers, and the Detroit Lions. Okay, so yeah, that, there's no, a, I know that's a, he's looked good last week. I don't or did he even play well this week, man? Like, look at his numbers. What? Like, was, did you not watch this game? Did you not watch the first half? He did he the second half, he was awful. They, they didn't do ask him to do anything though. They just ran it down their throats in the second half. They didn't they didn't pass the ball, they didn't need to, they were already up. He was brilliant. That he was so good in the first in the in the first half. He had that touchdown pass to Devonta Smith. He had another touchdown pass to Devonta Smith. He had a brilliant pass, a thirty-five yard dime to Quez Watkins in the back of the end zone, and he catches that. In the first half, he was fifteen to twenty for one seven one hundred seventy-six yards and two touchdowns. Quez Watkins catches that pass. He's sixteen to twenty for over two hundred thirty yards and three touchdowns in one half. He was really really good, Warner. He was really really good. I think he was okay. He wasn't in, really good in the first half. He was really good yards. Yeah, but that because the second half they didn't ask him to throw the ball. He didn't have to. They just ran it. They did. They, they literally ran it down the Denver throats in the second half. And that's or isn't that something that you love? Like if you're up and you're winning, you pound it down their throats. That's like Eric yeah. Warner football one on one. Yeah, no, like they're fine. But like I don't. I think you're looking so specifically at these last three weeks and forgetting the first seven were pretty ugly. Like he, I don't those first seven way more to me than the last three basically is what i'm saying like okay but the first seven weeks okay no keep going sorry go on who's who's the best defense that the eagles played this year it's tampa bay that was by far his worst game of the year have they even played another top 10 defense this season they just played denver denver they just put 30 points on denver's defense which is pretty good the chargers they played they put 24 points on them like it's again, look, I'm not saying that like he's a top 10 quarterback right now. It's not what I'm trying to get at. And you saying you said to, to look at a whole senior sample size right now, and DVOA stats aren't updated for for this week. So I'm not I'm not able to really use those, but they would be on my side as well. Through the first through the first 10 weeks, he's 10th in EPA per play out of all quarterbacks. He's 13th in D, offensive DVOA before this week. I'm assuming that would be or the, the offense, sorry, as a whole. Is 10th in EPA per play and 13th in offensive DVOA. Jalen Hurts as a whole is 9th in EPA per play as a quarterback. He has been playing at a top 10 level. Again, the first seven weeks, in my opinion, also don't, don't have a lot to say about what's happened. Nick Sirianni was asking him to do crazy amount of things, and you have to agree with that. He, they weren't helping him out whatsoever. Yeah, no, I, I, but he wasn't getting the job done or I don't know. I, oh, he's, he's a kid. Right. He's 23 years old. Okay. So let's wait and see. But I just think the whole like, oh, we found our guy stuff. No, I'm not there. Right. I'm not even there. I'm not there at all. Okay. That's all no. I want to make sure. Oh, no, I am not there. I, I if you, before, after that uh, Las Vegas Raiders beatdown, I was probably 25% sure that he could be the guy. I, I didn't think, I think there was a very slim chance, maybe even lower than that, 15, 20%. I am upwards of 50 to 60% right now. Like this offense is playing very well. Nick Sirianni and him seem to have a connection together. And he, again, he's 23. Those stats I read to you with Russell Wilson 
Russell Wilson was a whole year older in his first year than Jalen Hurts was. Jalen Hurts is still was a year younger than all those stats I mentioned with Russell Wilson. Again, he's seven months older than Justin Fields. Yeah, no, I didn't. That, that's a good point. We'll see down the road how he is. My one big concern with him just from the eye test is if he even senses a little bit of pressure, roll to the right. Yeah. It's roll no, to the you're, right you're immediately. Right. And he's really got to improve on his throwing on the run, I think. Yeah. That's like the big separation between him and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson outside the pocket, keeps his eyes downfield, is electric at throwing the ball on the move. Hertz really needs to improve that game, part of his game if he's going to take that next step. 100%. I, I'm with you on that one. He, he likes to roll to his right a lot. Um, it's been a problem. But that, I think those are things you can fix than like a guy that's throwing a ton of interceptions. Like Jalen Hurts only has four picks this year, I think, five picks this year, and he hasn't fumbled a lot at all. He's in the bottom five of turnovers. Like he's holding on to the ball, which is very – it's another underrated part of Jalen Hurts this year. He's not turning the ball over. Like yeah, that's true. That's one yeah. of his best attributes is his yeah. IQ, right? Like he has so. five interceptions. Like that's at the bottom of the league right now. Yeah, like, that's so, Yeah, so I, uh, I, I think – I just – Look, the Eagles were 6-17 and 1 before that Vegas Raiders game in their last the last two, 18 months. Like they they've been a bad bad football team and it's been awful to watch. So, as a fan of this team just over the last 3 weeks, it's been exciting to see progression. Nick Sirianni has progressed and going in the right direction. Uh Jalen Hurts is going in the right direction. The offense as a whole is going in the right direction. Eagles defense, that's another top conversation. But I just I like what I'm seeing from the young guys on this team. Devonta Smith has been awesome. The offensive line has been awesome. Nick Sirianni again has been progressing. I just I like to see things going forward instead of going backwards. And this is the first time I've seen that in over 18 months. So that's why I'm excited. But again, I do agree with you on the fact that there's no you can't say he's the guy yet. But right. there's nothing else, like what's out there. Like the Zach Berman of um of the, the Athletic had a great quote in one of his articles. He said, Jalen Hurts will be the quarterback next year as long as he's better than the alternative. Like what? What's the alternative if you're not going with Hurts, right? Like who? Well, they have ammo with these three first rounds. That's true. We'll see what happens with Deshaun Watson. I don't know if the legal stuff obviously has to be taken care of first. Um, If he's cleared and available, that's an alternative. But that's true. But I don't know. Philly would blow up. Now I'm really circling this game this week for the Eagles. That should be a good one versus the Saints. I want to see him step up in class and see how he plays versus a top five defense because his first time against a top five defense really didn't go well. I'm looking forward to this Sunday. And they have, and the Saints have a really good run defense too. So they're yeah. not. It's it's not like the Chargers, um, and the Broncos have pretty good run defense too. But uh, this this game is going to be more important. Like let's see if they can run it down the throats of the best run defense in the NFL. Okay, um, why don't we just do a rundown quick and then we can get out of here? Why don't you just kind of run through the games? We'll we'll have a couple right. of them and then take off. Cowboys with a 40-point victory, 43 to three over Atlanta. This game was over early. I don't really have much on this one. Do you? No, uh, I will say that Dak Prescott might be the MVP of the league so far. Yep, he looked pretty damn good. Really good. Colts squeeze one out, 23-17. Um, looked like uh, this was going to be a laugher early. Indy had a nice punt block for a touchdown, but Indy's offense kind of stalled in the second half. Couldn't really get much going and barely won. Jags defense playing pretty well the last couple weeks. Um, they uh, held Buffalo to six points. 
how Indy offense under because there was a pump block on one of them, right? So they held them under twenty points of the, on the Colts offense. Um, but I watched. I didn't really watch a lot of that game. I watched Trevor Lawrence try to drive down the field at the end, and it was a disaster. Like this, yeah. Jake's offense is so so bad. It's rough. Yeah. <laughs> Buffalo beat down uh, the Jets. That was their get-right game. Kind of saw that coming after an embarrassing loss the week before. They put up 45. Hopefully that's a sign of this Bills offense getting back on track. Yeah, this is a big win for them. I think this is a much-needed win for them. We were talking with Aaron Hawani. He was saying he was getting nervous. Um, I think Bills fans, it was a nice deep breath out. Also, Mike White is clearly not better than Zach Wilson, so those conversations can come to an end. Yeah, the legend that is Mike White will be put to bed. Yeah. <laughs> We got a tie, 16-15 <laughs> in Pittsburgh. Normally, you know, when games are going into overtime, it's kind of exciting. It's like, oh, I got to tune into overtime. It's like I had no interest in watching that overtime. Like, <laughs> no. Such a sloppy, bad game to watch. That was probably the worst football game of the year. Scratch the Packers-Seahawks uh, game. This was the worst football game of the year. And I and I am embarrassed to say I watched a lot of it because I had a lot of – because this was the game I wagered like the most money on. I had Cleve Raymond and Lions money line. Lions money line, of course, still has freaking cash because they tied. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, this was an ugly game. The Steel like, – Mason Rudolph, they got to find a better backup. He better not be the backup next year. He just can't play quarterback. He was awful. That one, he had, he had, um, was it Deontay Johnson, like wide open in the end zone? And he just like threw it at his feet. Like it was like, I could have completed this pass. He was, he was bad. I don't think the Steelers fans should be too worried. Like Ben Offsburg wasn't playing. They weren't at full strength, but this was a, that was was an ugly tie. Yeah. I don't know how much more you need to see from Rudolph to know he's not even a backup. Like, yeah, exactly. That's tough. Hopefully Detroit gets a win soon. It's at least I'm just happy for Dan Campbell. At least they won't be 0-17. You don't <laughs> want to be the first team to go 0-17. So they got that going for them at least. And next game would be the Tennessee Titans. Another victory for these guys, 23-21. What the Titans have done the last five, six weeks is absolutely incredible. I'm pulling up their schedule here. They have gone through New Orleans this week. And then the week before, they beat the Rams, the Colts, the Chiefs, the Bills. Like, that's the that's gauntlet a- of their schedule. And they beat down on all these teams. Swept. And then there's they now have the easiest schedule remaining in the NFL. So, Titans, hopefully Henry gets back. We don't know about that. Still to be determined. But to go through that gauntlet and come out on the other side with a five game, six game winning streak is really, really impressive after that jets loss. And they are going to cruise to a AFC South title. I agree. I think they've got this division pretty much locked up. I will say the Titans offense was a tad worrying. Um, I thought they, like they, they got lucky with that roughing the passer penalty, which was a garbage oh, call. God, that uh, another ruined my under. Cause I also had yeah. first half under in that game. If, Oh, I was livid. Yeah, like if they if if they don't get that call, then they don't score a touchdown there. The Julio Jones injury might be bigger than people realize here. Like their second wide receiver room, like they brought in Josh Reynolds, hoping to be a good third wide receiver. They just put him on waivers, right? Like he's not even on the roster anymore. Um, they've got some. They've got a serious hole at the second wide receiver spot. Like Nick Westbrook, a kind. I don't know if he's. Uh, he hit for me anytime touching a couple weeks ago, but I don't know if he's the answer. Um, like AJ Brown's going to pretty much have to ball for the for the rest of the year in Tannehill. So they've got they've got a lot of pressure on them. 
But this the, the Titans defense deserves a ton of credit. Like Harold yeah. Landry, Jeffrey Simmons, like that D line's playing at really, really Jeffrey well. Jeffrey Simmons officially has the game record tag on him. Yeah, agree. He can wreck games, and he's wrecked games this year already. Unfortunately, you and I yeah, no I was waiting for this one. <laughs> we have been eliminated from Survivor. No. Taylor Heineke puts us to bed with a 29-19 win over the Bucks. Panic time in Tampa? Uh, they're banged up. They're really hurt. Like no Gronk, no AB. You could tell that they needed Antonio Brown and Gronkowski in this game. Like yeah. there wasn't a lot of separation. Brady also was really bad. Like yeah. that was his, that was his worst game as a Buck, maybe, no? Probably, yeah. So much uh, respect to Heineke for getting that win. Tampa scores to cut it. Should have been three, but they missed the extra point to make it a four-point game. Taylor Heineke goes on the longest drive of the season: ten and a half minutes, nineteen plays to seal the deal. That was really impressive. Just absolutely punching us both in the face, putting us in our coffins, putting the dirt in the ground, and saying, "See ya, Warnsy and Digo. You're not surviving." That's right. Cam Newton back in Carolina, rushes one in, throws a touchdown. Carolina gets a big win, 34-10. Just, does getting Cam in that locker room just give them energy? Like, are they – do they go on a run here? I don't know. I don't know. They, they seem like kind of a threat. Like, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how they, they, they dial up this offense. Cam Newton, it sounds like he's going to start this week. They Matt Rule said he's getting all the first-team reps, so probably, like, it's more likely than not that he will start this coming up week. I'm really curious to see PJ Walker didn't play very well. So without kind of Cam Newton in the red zone, like PJ Walker wasn't really good. So they they might need him quick. Uh, I don't know. I'm this is interesting. Their defense is playing really, really well lately. Carolinas. They are first in EP per play over uh the last four weeks on defense. So they are balling. They have a lot of talent there too. Like if they can start getting healthier, um, I don't know. This is a really interesting team, in my opinion. Like they're 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 holding on to that last wild card spot right now. Now Cam yeah. Newton's taking over. I mean, it's them or Atlanta, so yeah. Or Philly. Don't, yeah. don't sleep on Philly, bud. Right. Philly's now got their hat in the ring. That's true. Arizona will be fine. Just get Murray and Hopkins back healthy. Mm -hmm. They'll be all right. Not much to take away from them. Minnesota gets a big road win. 27-20. Yep. It was on the road. But I like, Chargers are such a joke. Like, how annoying must it be to never have a home game? Like, yeah, <laughs> that's actually true. I did feel you, so did bad. You, did like, you? I didn't watch a lot of that game. Was the fans? Like, was it more Vikings fans? Oh, yeah. Like, it was all Vikings fans. Like, every week. Like, That's embarrassing. I would I would hate to play for that team. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, Justin Jefferson was awesome in this game. I saw some yeah. highlights. Like he's I'm worried about this Chargers offense, to be honest. That was my takeaway from this game. They, they, they just love throwing the ball short of the sticks. And Keenan Allen and Mike Williams aren't run after the catch guys. Like, I just – I don't think their scheme – fits their personality if you know what i mean they had one two three they had four completions over 10 yards the entire game yeah like exactly like they're they love throwing the ball to the stick uh short of the sticks it, it, i could see it being infuriating if you're a chargers fan not one pass attempted over 20 yards or plus yards i didn't i'm just pulling something out. i haven't i didn't look into this or that's you're right you might be onto something here 20 of 34 for 195 yards one touchdown one pick for herbert yeah like this that's not the way you should be playing with him exactly he's got a cannon of an arm like you should be stretching the field yeah so something to monitor on the chargers there uh they might be in trouble uh then the sunday nighter people you could have got pat mahomes less than a field goal yep 41-14 <laughs> beat down for the chiefs 
They're back. They look good. They're back. And with a muddy AFC, it wouldn't shock me if they start reeling in some wins and then we're looking at it at the end of the year like, oh, yeah, they're the Chiefs. They're the team to beat. Yeah, I, I think this could be kind of the start of something special in Kansas City. Not special, but something good. Like they could get rolling here. Mahomes looked really good. Again, going back, what the frig was Deshaun Jackson doing? What was that? That was I, hilarious. I, I can't get over it. Like I, I've watched it like a hundred times. I don't get what was going through his head. If he just kept going, it was a touchdown. Yeah, like he just stopped and then he started running backwards <laughs> and then he fumbles. Like, oh, I, only Deshaun Jackson. Oh my God, that guy is a. Uh, just a circus. Um, all righty. Is that all she wrote? Yes, sir. Okay. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, Eagle Stock with Deagle will be back tomorrow. We got Clay Harbert, former tight end of the Philadelphia Eagles, nine-year veteran in the NFL. He's actually warns me, my guest tomorrow. Clay was actually also a contestant on season 14 of The Bachelorette. So there's a there's a fun fact for you. Um, he will be on tomorrow. We're talking strictly Eagles football tomorrow. Warnsy and I will be back on Wednesday. We'll talk to you later.